Good morning, everybody. Welcome to TED Talks Ball. I'm really excited to introduce, well, not introduce, reintroduce Candace Hagens. She has already been on the show. We did a Seahawks preview before uh, the last Seahawks game in Seattle. She was kind enough to even come on TED Talks Ball the next week uh, after the Seahawks had lost. Super gracious. What a great sport. Uh, great information from her. A lot of fun. I do also want to apologize. This is still a blackout edition of TED Talks Ball coming to you from an alternate location, not from my studio. So I don't have my good camera or my good mic. Uh, and I don't have my studio background. It's just this virtual background of candlestick. Um, but uh, Candice, you know, uh, obviously you're uh, Ethos Sports and Ethos Seahawks uh, podcast. Uh, and then it's uh, at Candice901 on Twitter. But tell everybody a little bit about yourself, what you're working on, anything you got coming up, anything I may have missed. Yeah. Now, I appreciate you having me on, Ted. It's always a pleasure to talk ball with you. Enjoy it. Um, right now, we're just getting ready for the playoffs. Um, that's pretty much all that that the focus is. Uh, I do a little bit of statistic backgrounds and breakdowns on uh, probably on my tweet those out, but uh, I'll try to save some for the podcast as well, um, but we'll have a podcast. I probably do consider this a dual podcast, but I might, depending on what all we cover today, might do a little bit of a follow-up uh, to the playoffs, but that's pretty much the focus, and, and I'm excited to be here in the playoffs and be with you. Ah, oh, nice. That's really great to hear. I really appreciate it. So, um, obviously, you know, big game coming up on Saturday. Um, you know, the Niners, we swept the regular season, but, you know, like last season, we're in jeopardy of sweeping a team that last year was the Rams and then potentially losing to them in the playoffs. And that, that's been haunting me this week, even before uh, it was announced or, uh, you know, determined that we would play the Seahawks when we were watching, um, the Lions and the, and the Packers. I was honestly rooting for the Packers, and I'll tell yeah. you, I, I'll be honest, I mean, and then this isn't to be mean, I did think the Packers would be a tougher matchup, but, like, any chance of losing to the Seahawks after sweeping you guys was, like, so distasteful to me that I'd rather have a higher chance of losing to the Green Bay Packers uh, than, than, because, you know, we hadn't swept you guys yeah. since 2011, yeah. and, and, like, this would totally nullify that in my mind or even more. And so, like, you can kind of see where my – I'm not, like, a glasses half full kind of person. I do think we can win. I think we're, we're favored for good reason. But, you know, it's a football game. It's a divisional game. You guys know us really well. Pete's a really great coach. And as much as I like Brock Purdy, he is a rookie QB. Uh, rookies can have trouble in the playoffs, both with getting, you know, confused by defensive stuff and then also – I think, you know, maybe the refs may not want to have a, a rookie QB do really well in the playoffs. So it'd be, it, just kind of, it could be one of one. It could be, does the NFL want this storyline of the Cinderella story? Or do they want to keep this thing of like no rookies ever made it to the Super Bowl type of thing? And yeah. those are the two things that I'm bouncing around in my head. And I think the weather will play a factor too, because from what I can see, it'll be a, a- a hundred percent rain from I just kind of checking out the weather and that looks like it'll be a factor too to kind of muddy literally muddy the waters of <laughs> <two> teams. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I'll be there and it's gonna be wet. Uh, no doubt about it. It's been wet all week. That's why we had the blackout at my house. Uh, we've been having these atmospheric rivers on the regular here in the Bay Area since before Christmas. It's probably helped you guys up in Seattle. I bet your weather's been pretty decent up there. It seems like usually when it's terrible here, it's nicer up there, and vice versa when it's terrible up there, we usually get a little break down here. Well, it depends on your definition of nice in Seattle. Um, it's, it's, I know the last <laughs> game was raining, and it's generally always raining, so it just depends on how you define good weather. But uh, no, I know I do know that last game they played against the Rams that was in the rain. It's coming down not not a monsoon by any means, but it was pretty pretty consistent rain for the game. Interesting, interesting. And then I know there was a bomb cyclone up there in Portland that shut down SeaTac uh, right before Christmas because uh, we, my family went out of town for Christmas. We all flew and uh, my wife and I weren't affected by flying out of San Jose, but all the whole rest of the family was flying out of SFO, San Francisco airport. And they were all, all had their flights canceled on Christmas day. And a lot of them didn't get out uh, until the 26th and 27th. Um, so and that was all from an, uh, Alaska Airlines was affected 
by by that because they fly out of SeaTac as their hub, and and you get and it was like one of the first times SeaTac's been shut down for any appreciable amount of time in many years, is my understanding. So yes, yeah, sure. yeah. But then ever since then, it's shifted down to us here in the Bay Area, to where we've had these atmospheric rivers. Like just the other night when we had the blackout, I think a lot of the Bay Area had between two and four inches of rain, which is just incredible. Wow. Yeah, just yeah, yeah, that's that's. Pretty yeah, well, especially when it, when the ground's already saturated, mm-hmm. um, it definitely makes a lot worse, uh, a lot worse flooding, mudslides, all kinds of stuff. So it's right. knock on wood. Hopefully, no more of that. And uh, but yeah, the rain will be uh, a factor. You know, when it rains, you typically tend to favor running teams in the rain. I definitely say that we're a running team. Uh, however, you know, when people said it's going to be a big advantage, I'm like, hey, you know, guys gals people the seahawks play in this kind of weather all the time so like it's not like we're getting some dome team in here or some you know uh arid weather team that's not used to the rain like if there's any team that's going to be less affected by the rain than any other team we could probably possibly play it's it's the seahawks in my opinion we'll see we'll find out i'm still i have a i'm one i'm i'm emerging a theory on gino and gino might not specifically uh, play well in the rain, though he's had some experience. But as a pattern I've been watching, I'll be curious to see how he performs in this game. But he definitely doesn't have his best games in the rain. Um, though he's got some good quality moments I've seen in the rain. He's also had some some poor quality moments. Of, uh, we'll talk more about that, especially I, I, I point to some some moments in the Rams and Seahawks game from last week. But um, I'm, I'll be interested to see if that narrative continues or if it's just, you know, kind of a one-off kind of coincidence type of thing, depending on the, the team. Yeah, Gino is a, a big talking point for this game because he's had this resurgence season where, you know, it's kind of like Gino 2.0 uh, for most of the season. But I would say both games against us was kind of looked a little more like Gino 1.0. So uh, I'm hoping we can keep that up. But you know, the Niners defense, we have some weak spots. Uh, you know, Delmador Lenore um, at cornerback two has been picked on quite a bit. I won't be surprised to see you guys target him with, like, say, Lockett or Marquise Goodwin or, um, you know, maybe even Kenneth Walker somehow. Um, I and, think Goodwin's uh, on IR, if I'm not mistaken. Who is? I think, I think Goodwin's on oh, IR now. That, that's yeah. too bad. I, I mean, I would also say not surprising based on his tenure here with the Niners. Uh, he spent a lot of time on IR or at least on in, uh, you know, out injured uh, with us. That's uh, that's a shame, but he is a smaller guy. And, and, and yeah. the smaller, speedy guys sometimes do have durability issues. Uh, but I'm really glad well. to hear that because I think we talked about it before the game. I was yeah. really worried that he was going to burn us because every ex-Niner – this season did, whether it was Dante Pettis with the, the Bears with the big TD catch or, um, you know, uh, Jet McKinnon with the Chiefs. He had that huge third and a mile, third and 17, third and 27, third and 20, something like that, uh, that he converted. Uh, Trent Sherfield from the Dolphins had a 75-yard TD catch against us. And then River Craycraft. Um, you know, also had some big catches uh, against us and even tried to steal Kittle's, like, first down uh, sign or, you know, celebration or whatnot. Um, I think that kind of, you know, uh, got the ire up of our team and we started to play better and kind of closed them out after that. But uh, nonetheless, uh, I am a a little glad to hear that Marquise Goodwin isn't playing because when I was talking to people earlier this week, not knowing that he was out, I was like, he didn't get us live. Now I'm sure he's gonna get us this time. <laughs> you know, I was like, he had a couple uh, good moments, but but no, he's actually been pretty healthy for us all year. But I believe uh, two games ago that he played hurt and he landed. He, he had a wrist issue, so he landed back on that wrist, and so that's pretty much all she wrote for him, unfortunately. But he had a great year with us. I'd, I'd love to see him back. Uh, I know he struggled with injury, but um, this year he's been pretty healthy overall, and in whatever injuries he's had, he's done a pretty good job of fighting through. So it, I am sad that we're going to miss him. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that affects us. But I, I'm actually interested. It's, it's led to uh, Derek Young from the – and we'll try to talk more about that when we get into the Rams game. He's one of our uh, – he was a rookie, six-round pick, and we didn't really think anything of him. But he's had a 
couple really good games since Marquise has gone out and he's been reliable and kind of helping us open up some fly sweep opportunities, which we hadn't had before. So um, even though Goodwin's not there and I, I wish we kind of had that veteran presence, I'm interested to see what uh, the Ricky Young does with those reps. Interesting. Hadn't heard of him. I'll have to check him out. I just wanted to call uh, Raphael562 in the audience. Say good morning, Candace and everyone. Thanks for joining. Morning, Raphael. And uh, he's so good. He always says like and subscribe, everyone. I'm so bad at this. I always forget to ask people to like and subscribe if you like what you see. Also, uh, you know, check out Candace on uh, Ethos Seahawks uh, um, for her uh, podcast. Um, and then... Um, you know, he's also saying Niners must play just the football, no doubt about it. Yeah. And what else did you say here? I'm doing this on my laptop, so I'm, uh, well, I've got a lot here. I said, who is Demo going to cover? Yeah, I think it's – well, Lockett is in the slot, so that will probably be um, Jimmy Ward covering him. I think you were just mentioning the, the, the players uh, that you think will be the wide receiver three. Yeah, the Young. Yeah. And, and, and depending on how they he's he's kind of been the guy to step up. I mean, they've had some young wide receivers, but he seems to be the guy that that is, might be more ready for the opportunity. Uh, like I said, what, he has some really big moments for us in that Rams game, especially. Whatever uh, happened to uh, D. Eskridge? D. Eskridge is uh, on IR. D. Eskridge okay. is I was scared. I was always worried about him. I thought uh, the NFC West all kind of picked these little fast guys. Early in the draft that season, it was D. Eskridge, it was Tutu Atwell, mm-hmm. and it was Rondale Moore. I really like Rondale, but I almost thought D. Eskridge might be better. And then I, I never liked Tutu Atwell. He was just too tiny. I think you know, too too tiny. Uh, so he was like, I think he was 155 when he was drafted. I think he was the lightest drafted player ever, or in recent history. Um, well, he can probably play more games than D. Eskridge, so. Uh, I'm kind of over him at this point. I think that Pete Pete Carroll mentioned in the press conference that he might be coming back and he's practicing this week, but that means literally nothing to me. Like, (laughs) don't expect anything from the guy. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, And, and, uh, you know, with those guys, you know, they're they're a little Marquise good ones, not real big either, but they always say, you know, you can't teach speed. And so it's nice to have that to take the top off, especially when you got some, other guys that are such great receivers like DK Metcalf and Lockett that could benefit from a little bit looser coverage. Uh, it's nice to have that, that speed person. So maybe Eskridge will come back and help uh, apply some. How fast is the other guy you mentioned? Tariq Young? He's pretty yeah. fast. In fact, that they've used him in the D. Eskridge role. Like D. Eskridge was supposed to be that guy they got for the fly sweep to sort of, you know, get more horizontal and, and make, you know, the defenses defend, you know, every blade. And it's it's who they used before. I mean, even when D was healthy, they sort of opted not to use him. And I don't I don't really understand that. But it must be that he's either not grasping the concepts or whatever. I don't really understand what's going on with that. But I was happy to see them doing it with Derek. And so if they can do the same thing with him, then I'm great because he's more physical of a guy too. He's got, he's you know a little bigger, uh, more stout to him. He may not be as quick, but if he can do the same things, then I don't care. It works out great anyway. Well, I just hope Derek Young plays like he's young. Okay? How's that sound? <laughs> a little trash talk there. Uh, yeah. A weak attempt at humor and trash talk at the same time. I don't know. Um, so, Raphael, who's going to stop Kittle? Ah, that's a great question. All right. So, something that's interesting that's emerged, you know, Jordan Brooks went out. Uh, I think he came back for one game after – after the 49ers game, then he tore his ACL. Unfortunately, that was pretty, pretty tough break for him. But they replaced him with Tanner Muse, who I didn't think much of initially, but he's a third-round pick out of the 2020 class. He originally was a safety. And so what I found in these past couple of games, and we'll find out you know, if this stays consistent or not, he's much better in coverage. Jordan Brooks, as great of a player as he is, he's a liability in coverage. You know, if, so if you know you can get a first down, if you put Kittle on Jordan, that's just a given. But uh, as especially in that first game, I have to go back and check the stats. I think they played him a middle linebacker against the Rams, which I didn't like. But um, at the wheel spot, the wheel linebacker spot, he had three receptions, only allowed one of them, only allowed four yards. Um, so he's been much better in that area. And that could help the overall defense, just not having a huge liability, go-to liability on the roster like that. So 
he's no Jordan Brooks by any means, especially in the run game. He's got some, he's lighter, um, but because he's faster, that will, we'll see if that plays to our advantage. It, it might, something I'm looking for, for sure. And sorry, can you repeat that middle linebacker's name again? Tanner Muse. Tanner Muse. Tanner Muse. Okay. Well, really, I'd say he's best at the wheel. They got Cody Barden kind of putting in. You probably, you guys, you know. No, no yeah, this ex-special teamer. Yeah. Right, right. So Cody yeah. Barden is going to be the primary middle guy. But when they played Tanner Muse at the wheel spot, that was. The weak linebacker. So, yeah, the weak, yeah, exactly. That was a lot so better. Dre Green lost that. position for Niner fans. Exactly. Exactly. And he's much better in coverage. So it works out that way. Uh, they played around with him in the Rams game and I, I don't think he was Ooh. as good. So if they can go back to using him in coverage, I actually think he's got a pretty good chance to make, at least contain Kittle. Right. I mean, you can, you're not going to stop Kittle, but you can contain that better and not be the liability that it was if Jordan Brooks was on the field. Yeah. Kittle's been amazing. I, you probably saw, obviously saw that he got two TDs against you guys. And then he got two also against the Raiders, or was it the Commanders? And then uh, two—I know you got at least one against the two against the Raiders and two against the Cards. Um, so he ended up with like 11 TDs on the season, which is pretty crazy. Um, third in the NFL, uh, he got seven with Brock Purdy. So he's he's been on a tear. Brock's been hitting them really well, but you know I will admit that some of those defenses are not very good. The Raiders D is not very good. Cards D was decent, but they were missing, you know, Buda Baker. They were missing Marco Wilson. They were missing uh, Byron Murphy Jr. So both corners, their stars, free safety. Uh, Zayvon Collins was out. A uh, bunch of linemen were out for them. But it was really basically like J.J. Watt, Isaiah Simmons, and I guess if you could count Jalen Thompson, but I don't think he's really a star at the safety yeah. position. So, so, you know, it was it was like a, a, a practice squad defense for the Cardinals. Uh, and the Raiders defense is just cheeks. So I, I discount a little bit of that due to that. But still, it happened, and, and we got the, the stats. So I just – I hope, you know, Purdy keeps feeding them. Uh, and I hope Tanner Muse has trouble covering them. But I, I could totally see him being better than Jordan Brooks because I remember uh, Seahawks fans lamenting about Jordan Brooks's coverage abilities uh, maybe back – as far back as the first game or for sure for the second game, yeah. uh, there were concerns about that. And uh, interesting. Well, I hope uh, – sorry to hear you had an ACL. I know he also had like a neck against us or a shoulder or something. Yeah, it was like a stinger uh, or something. Stinger, yeah. So, ACL, which – Yeah, well, hopefully he has a full recovery. I, like I said, I, I hate injuries. Even if I, uh, you know, hate the Seahawks, uh, I hate all injuries more. So uh, right. uh, hopefully he has a full, full and speedy recovery. Um, Raphael was saying Niners are undefeated and Levi's in the playoffs. I hadn't thought of that, but I, I guess either. that's true. Okay. You know, it's just funny because our, our, our home record in the regular season is bad there. I mean, we don't even have a winning record in the regular season, let alone, and obviously you're not going to have an undefeated record in the regular season, but, uh, that's it. Well, hopefully again, hopefully we keep that going. Um, Steve Supremo saying, Hey, uh, keep Geno Smith's wife's name out your mouth for the win. Murphy's the goat. Okay, I'm not sure I understand that, but welcome for joining us, Steve. We appreciate having you. Um, usually, it's like Russ Wilson. Yeah, I don't even know his wife. Talking about, yeah, me neither. I know Sierra for Russ. Yeah, uh, not as <laughs> yeah, familiar yeah. about Gino's wife, but hey, you know, uh, maybe maybe we'll we'll figure it out here during the show. Um, so. Some things to talk about for the game, uh, or should we talk a little bit about, you want to talk a little bit about the Rams game? Uh, we can talk about the Cards game. I don't know if you watch it. I'll say for the Rams game, I didn't see much. I switched over some because we were on at the same time. Yeah. And um, I did see during one of our commercials, I saw Quandre Diggs make the big interception uh, to kind of seal the game. Uh, and I was just like, oh, thank God that he dropped that one against us or that game could have been very different in Seattle because he's got, he's got very good hands. Andre Diggs yeah. gets a lot of interceptions. He's, he's a really good free safety. Um, so, uh, tell me a little bit about the Rams game. You said, it sounded like you said, Gino may have struggled a little bit in the rain. 
Yeah, Gino struggled a little bit. Uh, I'll, I'll come back to that since we were talking about Diggs. I'll talk about him first. And I, I'm particularly excited to see Diggs uh, really come along these last five games. Um, he's only allowed one catch. Uh, he's had two interceptions, two pass breakups. He, he's really been playing at that all-pro level that you kind of saw previous couple of years. He, you, you saw in the beginning of the season a lot of what happened in that 49ers game. Dropped interceptions, missed tackles because he had a couple of those like pretty big missed tackles in the 49ers game. And he just sort of didn't look like himself. Uh, well, uh, he tore, he, he broke his, I think his ankle, some bone in his ankle, I forget, fibula or something like that. I don't, let me, I don't really remember. But so he got injured basically in the final season of, of last year. And he just hadn't looked the same since there was concern about did they pay him all this money and morning platform. Um, did they pay him all this money and, for no reason, but he's looked like himself. They're going to need that version of him against you guys. Uh, so I'm excited for that. But the Rams game as a whole was really interesting. So it was the defense looked, looked really good, actually. <laughs> you never know what uh, defense or what offense you're going to get from week to week. I wish they could say that's one thing with a young team. They're just not consistent. If they could put it all together, they'd be great. But uh, Gino really struggled. I, I'd say the number one source was just – my opinion, I think Geno forced the ball to DK too much. And it's just what it came down to. DK is being covered by Ramsey. And so you get all these, I mean, two interceptions from Ramsey. By throwing, you threw at him twice. You know, Ramsey was going to come into this game with a chip on his shoulder because of how the last game ended with DK, you know, getting a touchdown on him. And I just think Geno was a little too confident about his abilities to get the ball to DK. Uh, sometimes their connection's been a little weird. I don't, I don't understand it. It started off great, but as the season's gone on, it just seems like him and DK aren't on the same page. So to force the ball, I mean, basically anytime he passed it to, to DK, something went wrong, right? Either uh, they couldn't get third down or almost the interceptions. But every time he throws it to Lockett, you know, easy money, keep the chains moving. So I'm interested to see how that translates to the 49ers game because DK has historically been the one to do better against you guys. And so, on the one hand, I want to say leave DK alone. But on the other hand, against the 49ers, that's been a better matchup. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle that. No doubt about it. No, uh, that's interesting info. I appreciate your impressions there. Uh, as you mentioned, platform 246 here, that's Lawrence Jackson Jr. saying uh, top of the morning, Ted and Miss Candace. I know he is a big fan of you being on the earlier shows. He mentioned it to me either off in backstage or during our, his shows with me. So glad to see Lawrence here supporting. Thank you for that. And he's also saying hit the like button, folks. Yeah, please hit like and subscribe. It's very helpful. Make sure that you uh, out Candace's uh, podcast, Ethos Seahawks, which is part of Ethos Sports. Um, and he's saying what's up to the chat. And then Raphael is saying, Candace, what scenario do you feel more confident going to the game-winning drive or the defense stopping a game-winning drive? So do you trust your offense or your defense more at the end of the game? If you came down to one play to win the game, do you want it to be Gino throwing to DK or do you want it to be Quandre picking off Brock Birdie? That's a great question. Um, or Tanner Muse, right? Or <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That'd be the story of a lifetime. Well, or Tariq <laughs> Woolen is probably the most likely. Tariq Woolen is like, yeah. Tariq yeah. Woolen or Andre R2, Ball Hawks, or Kobe Bryant. But uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, am I allowed to watch the first minute of the game first before I answer the question? It's really <laughs> interesting because they both had, like I said, it's been an inconsistent season. There's There's been times where the defense won the team the game. And then there's been times where the offense won. I've seen both happen just depending from game to game. And they've never really – they've had a few games where the defense and the offense were able to get on the same page when they had that – you know, they won every month, every game, I think, in November or whatever, went on a winning streak four games in a row right before the bye. But after that, it's really just been one or the other. I'm going to lean defense because that's what I've seen more recently. They seem to have a little bit more momentum going in. But I also say – you know, the opponents matter too, right? I mean, the Rams and the Jets aren't world beaters. So while I feel like the defense, they have momentum and I'm not sure I trust Gino in the rain, um, at times Gino's been the one to pull out in the end when the defense blew it, it you know, and didn't give him opportunities. So um, I'll say defense for the purpose of this question, but you really kind of know how you'll, as a Seahawks fan, you'll know how to feel about that uh, or the answer within the first like minute. 
of the game. Nice. Good. No, that's good. That's good info for sure. hundred percent. And, you know, for talking about defense, that might be a good segue into, uh, you know, Tariq Woolen for DPO defensive rookie of the year. Pardon me. Uh, or sauce. Yeah, that's the, that's pretty much the debate. Um, it's really interesting because a lot of people, you know, sauce is the better, I'd say, you know, in terms of not allowing yards, uh, Tariq is obviously better at getting interceptions. And so there's this debate over what's more valuable getting interceptions for your team or, you know, pass breakups. Cause that's what sauce has more of, uh, of course, I, as a Seahawks fan, am biased to Tariq, um, one, he gets thrown at less. So his numbers are, uh, you know, he just doesn't get thrown at us, which I think has more impact on the team. He's got less of a target rate, less of a passer rating, um, more interceptions equal. I think Sauce has 20 pass breakups to Tariq's 15. So it's it's a really interesting conversation because a lot of times when you're talking about a, a cornerback that has that gets a lot of interceptions like a Trayvon Diggs from, you know, Cowboys, you're talking about a gambler kind of guy who is either boom or bust. And that's not really yeah. yeah, it's not really his game. I mean, He'll he he'll give up a little bit more than maybe Sauce because he he's not as technically sound. He's only been playing the position two years, but he, be, and he's also trying to make a play on the ball too. So he may allow some underneath stuff, but he's really not a boomer bust guy. Which to me, because you're able to do both, I think that's a little bit more impressive. But Sauce best of both worlds, if you will. You said what? Best of both worlds, if you will. Yeah, right, exactly. But you know, in time whether Sauce gets the the nod or not, which I'm pretty sure he will, just if nothing else, the New York market and the higher pick and all of that is what people expect. But I, I think Tariq has a higher ceiling because he's only been playing a position for two years. And Sauce is, is amazing, and he is one of the best corners in this league by far. But I in this, I'm not going to say there's not room for growth there, but I think Tariq has more room for growth given his lack of experience, quite frankly. And he's doing this well with – so little of it. No doubt about it. Uh, Lawrence was saying I was in uh, two of you last time. Excellent show. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Appreciate uh, what offensive player does Seattle want to shut down? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go Christian McCaffrey. I, I between Debo and and, and C Mac, I wasn't sure which one, but Debo is coming off the injury. And um, how did he look, by the way, in in that uh, in y'all's game? I, I didn't get to see yours for the same reason, playing at the same time. Yeah, yeah, we didn't see much of Debo. He had one carry for four yards, a couple of like nine, ten yard, I think a nine and eleven yard screen, and so only three touches. Uh, he looked good, but you know, it looked like we were gonna ease him back, just trying to get him sort of back into game shape, but also not risk him getting injured. Um, no, I, no, I mean, I, I, for me, it's not uh, CMC versus um, Debo. I mean, CMC right now is in a league of his own. Um, you know, we got him just before the Chiefs game, and he, he only got a practice and a half in before the Chiefs game. But even then, he was had more touches than any of our weapons in the Chiefs game. Yeah. And, and I don't count that game because he didn't really know the whole playbook at that point. But since then, we went 10-0 with him. Um, uh, Jimmy played better with him. Jimmy went through his progressions more because he knew he had a viable outlet at the end of his progressions. Um, Brock Purdy's played really well with him. It's part of the reason why people saying, oh, if Brock wins the Super Bowl, then trade Trey Lance or Trey Lance, you know, shouldn't be the starter. And I'm just like, guys, we haven't seen Trey Lance with CMC. And this guy is yeah. such a different major. And not only that, but we've barely seen Trey Lance with, with Kittle, too. Kittle only played in that Texans game. And when and when Trey Lance had Kittle, he played really well. Now, granted, it's the Texans. I get it. But, um, you know, bottom line is I think you're smart to see he's by far our best weapon. Um, Kittle's really come on recently. I think he would be number two. Uh, and I would probably put – Ayuk ahead of Debo right now, um, but it's interesting. We might be sandbagging Debo a little bit too. So there's a chance that uh, he comes out and comes back to closer to that 2021 form. But I don't think we'll see that at least until later in the playoffs, till he really gets back into game shape, if he even does. 
He really hasn't this whole season. Since he held in uh, for the contract, that's pretty bow. Uh, he gained some weight. He got out of game shape. And I'm hoping to see that back because he can be, you know, if he gets that 2021 form back, then he is pretty comparable to Christian McCaffrey. They do a lot of the same things, just in a different way. McCaffrey is more likely to make you miss. Debo more likely to run you over. But Debo can make people miss, and McCaffrey can run people over too. So not like either is deficient with the other. Uh, but um, I think that's a good answer for sure. But it is a little bit of a pick your poison. You know, and you, you, you shut down CMC, you shut down Kittle, still got Ayuk, still got Jennings, still got Juice. Uh, and then obviously Mitchell coming in, uh, he's banging things up. He had five carries for 55 yards on Sunday. It's the cards, two TDs. Um, last week, I did a show with uh, Ryan from No Border Sports, and um, we were talking about what we wanted to see against the cards. And I said, uh, I don't want to see much McCaffrey. I feel like we know what he can do. I don't think we'll need him to beat the cards. Save him, put him on ice. Uh, save him for break glass in case of emergency. Right. And I said, I did want to see Devo and Mitchell. Because I thought they would both need to, you know, just like I was saying about Devo, needs to get back into game shape. But Ryan said, oh, no, um, you know, Mitchell is a fast starter. He doesn't really need it. He'll just be ready. I was like, oh, that's kind of true. He came in in the Chicago game and played really well until he got hurt with his MCL. And then he was out for seven, eight weeks with the MCL. Came back in, I think it was against the Chargers. Quick start, you know, peeling off nine, ten yards on the regular uh, per carry. And uh, and then sure enough, he came back against the cards, led the team in yards per carry, led the team in rushing yards, uh, and and also led the team in rushing touchdowns too. So um, he's another weapon to watch for sure. And I would even throw Jordan Mason in there, but I just don't think we'll see much of him in the playoffs, yeah. uh, being that he's a rookie. Kyle hates rookies, so um, <laughs> as I much as possible, he'll he'll go with the the more veteran uh, type presences. I uh, think if you're Seattle, uh, and I think it's specific because I would agree with IU being a better weapon right now, especially with Debo still getting back in the game shape. But if you're Seattle, you feel confident that Tariq Woolen can sort of handle that or Michael Jackson can sort of hold their own. But Debo being able to go horizontal is something that this team does not defend well. And so uh, that's why it was tough for me. And that's why even a Christian McCaffrey is probably the, the bigger threat. If we can manage to uh, shut that down, that goes very far in the Seahawks favor. Yeah, no, that would be huge for you guys. I'm not about it. Randy Daytona saying good morning, Faithful. Good morning, Randy. Thanks morning. for joining. Appreciate you being here. Uh, what else should we talk about? We've got, uh, so you had the Tariq Woolen versus Saucer for defensive rookie of the year. Uh, and I mistyped this. Let me just fix this real quick. Did you want to talk about Nick Bosa? Uh, we can talk about Nick for sure, but I was going to just go to the other one that he gave me, which was uh, Kenneth Walker or Purdy for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Yes. Uh, this is an interesting one. Give me your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, it, it I would say this award generally goes to quarterbacks, and so a lot of people – like Brock Purdy there. And I've heard a lot of noise and, and discussion, even on a national basis, about if Brock Purdy should get the award. I think if he played more games, and maybe I'm obviously biased because I'm Seattle, but but uh <laughs> I think he I, I just don't know if he's played enough games to count for the year. I think if he had played, I don't know, even three or four more games, like even if he had double digit games to this point, or you know, because I he played six games, right? Is that right? Or is it seven now? Six games, five starts, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, if he, if he had even 10 starts, I think it'd probably be no contest. But uh, I, lean, I lean Kenneth Walker, Kenneth Walker the third. I think he's had, you know, 1,200 yards from scrimmage, and he missed five weeks himself. Like, he didn't play those first five weeks. So, to have that many yards, he's got nine touchdowns. Uh, I just think that's really incredible. And, and for pretty much any win that the Seahawks has had, he's been a a real power force behind the winning. He's been almost a closer at some games, being able to make sure the other team doesn't get the possession of the ball. And so um, his impact on this team and their them being a winning team is a direct correlation. Uh, just like Brody, Brock, Brock Purdy is to you guys and, and the impact he's had there, but it's just the, I'd say, sample size. Yeah, I know it's a tough uh, calculus to try and figure out how much does six games, because 
Purdy six-hander has been incredible. He's leading yeah. in a lot of statistical categories, including right. TDs, TD percentage, uh, yards per uh, average yards per throw. So it's not like he's dinking and dunking the way Jimmy did. Yeah. Um, and he's undefeated. You know, he, he, yeah, he's undefeated. There's a lot of things. I personally, um, some of those stats I think are a little overrated because of, like I said, bad defenses that we played. Cards defense was decimated. Bucks defense was decimated. Raiders D no good. You guys D at least when we played you, you guys were second to last in run defense. And even though he's the quarterback, and you say you have good pass defense, when your run defense is lacking that much, then you compensate by you know, you know, trying to crash the line of scrimmage, and it opens up play action more for uh, so. Um, and then. Um, you know, the only really good defense we played, I would say, was the Commanders, and they were even missing Cam Curl, who was a really good, strong safety, their second leading corner on the team, and Ben St. Juice, one of their starting corners, went down pretty early in the game. He had he was questionable that week, but sprained ankle, and he re-sprained it real early in the game. So, yeah, the Commanders are a real good defense, but they were they were even they were I'm not gonna say they're decimated because that's not decimated, but they, they were affected by injury a little bit. And the other thing too about the commanders is Riverboat Ron really put his defense in a lot of bad positions in that game. He went for it on fourth and one on his own 34 and we stopped them. Um he um he went for it on another fourth down but they actually converted that one earlier in the or no I don't think they didn't convert that one either. But that one was in our territory. That one I understood mm-hmm. because I think gave us the ball on the one yard line but then we ended up going 99 yard drive including like a 71 yard jet sweep by Ray Ray McLeod on that drive um but he he put his uh then like there was like a an interception or a fumble recovery uh that put the, the defense in bad position there was a bad special teams gaff like a muff punt or something that put them in bad position and then late in the game uh, unlike you guys late in the game where you guys kicked off to us, and I thought that was the right move. It didn't work out for you guys, but I still thought that was smarter than onsiding. They went ahead and onsided, and that gave us the ball, like the 35-yard line or something like that. We scored easily. So so there were at least four or five times he put his defense in bad position. And so as good as their defense is, you know, that made them look worse. Mm-hmm. Um so, so I'm a big fan of Brock Purdy, and, I, and I'm super happy we have him. I'd much rather have him than Jimmy G uh, going into the playoffs. But, you know, at the same time, I do think he's a little overrated. I think that the hype he's getting is just, you know, there's people like Mahomes, Montana, and Josh Allen, you know, Burrow. I've seen it all. And I'm just like, even, even Drew Brees, I think, is a stretch at this point. You know? I, mean, I, I, mean, I had not seen those comps. Mahomes, <laughs> <Yeah>. not <laughs> Really? Yeah, well, they're just like, oh, well, Mahomes had bad games against, you know, bad teams. And I'm just like, so you're comparing, <laughs> like, well, I'm not comparing him to Mahomes. I'm like, you just did. You brought Mahomes into the conversation about Purdy. That's comparing him to Mahomes. So, you know, it's just, it's pretty wild. And I, and I love the kid. I, I, I'm not saying he can't grow. I will say, though, that I haven't seen him grow much. I feel like he's been pretty steady Eddie, the whole time. And it's enough. I mean, it's enough yeah. for us to win it all. Um, you know, uh, with Jimmy G, even I thought we could win it all. I just thought we had to be really healthy and we'd have a little good luck. You know, now I just think we need maybe a little less good luck. Uh, or, or, yeah, and, or, uh, maybe a little, uh, you know, we can withstand a little more bad luck with Brock Purdy. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. But uh, you'd be surprised if people in the timeline try to call me a hater for that. And I'm just like, no, I just have to give my honest opinion about uh, our QB, which is the guy, I mean, he's incredible for a seventh round rookie, for a third round, you know, for a third string QB, he's incredible. But all that's out the window now. And now is it, how is he as a playoff QB? And to me, I think he's like good. I think maybe very good. I think above average, good, very good, somewhere in that range. I'm definitely not ready to call him great. His stats have been great, but I think there's context behind that. So I'll see what else we got here. Steve-O, Supremo, saying Eddie Murphy said at the Oscars yesterday. I missed the Oscars. Shoot. Uh, What did he say? I don't know. Steve-O was out there today. Well, here you go. He said three things in life. Taxes, 
mind your biz and keep Will Smith's name out your mouth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't want to get, get slapped, it. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Oh, jeez. That's good. Death taxes and, uh, and uh, I guess, never mind. It's money, religion, and, and politics are the things you don't want to talk about in polite conversations. So. <laughs> yeah, or on Twitter, if you ask me. Uh, it said, will this be a run heavy game? I think so. I think with this heavy of a rain. Yeah. It, it's, 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 I've heard that Brock Purdy's a pretty good wet weather QB, though. Even though I looked up his hand size, it's nine and a quarter inches, which is on the smaller side. I think even Jimmy G is nine and a half inch hands. Um, but supposedly he does well in wet weather games. So let's hope that continues. Um, yeah, I think both teams will want to run the ball a lot. Um, I think it might be a little tougher running against us than usual with Ken Law back. Uh, Givens was a full go at practice yesterday. Kevin Givens, he's been a real good defensive tackle for us. And Eric Armstead, obviously, has been back for a while. He's doing great things. Uh, even T.Y. McGill, the guy we got off the practice squad for the Vikings, has, has had a good season at defensive tackle. And then uh, Dre Greenlaw was limited yesterday. Uh, so was... Um, who else was limited? Oh, Aaron Banks would be a big one to get back for us on left guard. And even uh, Demetrius Flanagan Falls, our special teams ace, who had been filling in for Dre Greenlaw at, uh, all right, well, I guess it was Burks filling in at the uh, strong side, the Sam position. But uh, special teams ace, it sounds like his neck sprain was not very serious. He might be back too. So those are three to watch for us uh, this week in practice. Probably get updates on that in a couple of hours here. Yeah, hopefully we get an update on it. It'll be pretty big if we can get uh, Phil Haynes back. He's a, a backup kind of guard. And right now the way the offensive line works is Gabe Jackson, because he's old, he generally doesn't play full game. So they kind of have a rotation going at that spot. And you get a lot more from Gabe Jackson if he's rotating in and out versus if he's got to play the full game, he sort of tires out and, you know, you, you kind of want him at full strength and gets a, a great defensive line that you guys have. So uh, that's something for us to watch, not particularly because Phil Haynes is just great at run defense, but in order to get the best out of your starter, you got to rotate that sort of in and out. So that's something to watch for. But I really think, you know, I, I say I hope so because, you know, the Seahawks have been on and off in terms of getting the run game going. It's been great ever since the second half of the Chiefs game, especially they were able to get the, the run game going and it hadn't gone away since. But, again, opponents yeah, matter. Yeah. You guys have the you know dominant defensive line. So I'm curious to see if they're able to translate some of that momentum, some of the improvements I've seen from the rookie tackles with the run game. They have been a lot better in terms of being able to be more physical at the line of scrimmage. But does that carry over? Was it just opponent-based is the number one question I'm going to have going into the game. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, we have, like, a top-rated run defense. But, again, I think it's a little overrated. I think we played a lot of bad uh, offensive lines that were beat up. Um, you know, I I, I everyone, but just suffice it to say, there was a lot of backups. I mean, the Chargers, both tackles, the Dolphins, both tackles out, the, the Rams, their interior offensive line in shambles, uh, plus a bunch more uh, that, that make our defense look better on paper than I think it really is uh, or was. I think we're getting back. Now I think we're getting to where if with all these people healthy, we might be as good as the stats say we are. We'll see. And it's interesting you talk about guards. Um, we've been doing that all season with Burford and Brunskill, mm -hmm. right guard. And I was like, why are we doing that? And I think it's the same thing in reverse. I think instead of like it's an aging guy who's aging out who needs mm -hmm. the break, it's Spencer Burford's a rookie. And, and you know, it was like a late fourth round rookie. And so they didn't want him to get tired or make mistakes because he was tired. So bringing Brunskill to keep him fresh. And it had a really good payoff in that when Aaron Banks went down, Brunskill was ready to move over there. It was just a little scary because Brunskill hadn't played much left guard. And, you know, uh, I was confident a little bit more than I would be in that situation because he had played left tackle and right tackle. So it seemed like he was kind of ambidextrous that way. But you just never know until they get in and play. He, he has yeah. played well for Aaron Banks since he's been down. So that that paid off. When, it, when they first started doing it, I thought maybe they were going to bring him in at some front skill. Um, but we, we've stuck with Jake Brendel and He's done a good job in pass protection, not the greatest run blocker, but a good pass blocker. And, uh, you know, more, more than you could ask for, for, again, one of these off-the-street kind of guys. Um, 
So what else? Raphael is saying. Oh, he, 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 oh he had a couple of questions. Yeah, he, yeah, he said, who is the rookie of the year? We were talking about that earlier. Kenneth Walker offense. It could be Tariq Woolen on defense. Yep. Were there other yeah, rookies? I'm Tariq Woolen biased, but it's really K9. <laughs> <laughs> it's really K9 is a real answer, but I my favorite is Tariq. Yeah, they're both they're both amazing rookies. You guys had a great draft with those guys, plus your linemen. And uh, I said it after the draft. I was jealous of the Seahawks draft. No doubt about it. A very good draft class. Um, what else here? Uh, what was the Seattle's biggest win this season? Uh, I'm gonna go that Chargers game, the LA, the, the LA Chargers game, because they just got they just gotten Keenan Allen back. They just gotten so you're playing. I mean, Joey Bosa obviously wasn't back at the time, but it was sort of I think one of our better opponents, and it was one of those games where you saw both sides of the ball come together. You saw great defense, you saw great offense, and so they were. Uh, really able they really had control of that game pretty much throughout the duration of it I mean the Chargers you know are going to be competitive and it's, obviously it's going to be some back and forth but you know going throughout that whole game I felt pretty confident that the Seahawks could pull that out which is incredible because I, I had to count on them losing that game personally I, I thought they were going to go in and you know just not be able to take just do it especially being on the road it's a young team but uh, I'd say that was their their biggest win and that's really when they started getting some of the attention you know, of, of national media and people really starting to believe this team was for real. Up until that point, they had won some cupcake games. And so there was a question about what's the, how real is this team really? And the answer is, depends on the Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> for a lot of teams. A lot of teams in the NFL are like that. Um, you know, it's true. And, and, you know, and the Chargers, yeah, they just got Joey Bosa back recently. Mm -hmm. That's a big boost for them. And then mm -hmm. I saw that Rayshon Slater even uh, might yeah. be coming back soon, their star left tackle. That would be huge. As I mentioned earlier, Slater and Pipkins, their two starting tackles were out versus us. No, it happened. All three of their top wide receiver one, two, and three were all out, too, versus us. No J.C. Jackson, no Joey Bosa. No Austin Johnson or Jackson. I think Johnson, who was their uh, defensive tackle, who was second uh, rated against the run uh, for the Chargers. And then they lost a couple of DTs against us, too, that went out during the game. So, yeah, they were banged up. So that's one of our more quality wins, but I don't count it as one because of all those injuries. So, um, yeah, as, as far as our most quality win for the Niners, I would say uh, it's probably the Dolphins, uh, even though they're not looking that great now. When we played them, <clears throat> they were yeah. seven and th seven and three, right? And um, you know they were hot. Tua Tua hadn't lost as a starter during the season; he was undefeated. Um, you know there was a lot of talk of his Mike McDaniel better coach than Kyle Shanahan, and all kinds of crazy stuff like that. And so. Um, yeah, a lot. Oh, wow. And the Niner fan base, too. Oh, there were a lot of people like, crying about that. We let the wrong guy go. And da, 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 da. Like, oh, oh, no. please. Okay. Save it. Save it. But it's a kind of interesting thing because, uh, like I said, the Niners strength of schedule of the season doesn't look that impressive. But a lot of the teams that we played were better when we played them. Like, for instance, the Rams, you know, swept them. Uh, they were pretty close to 500, and now they ended up 5-12. And, and, and it's kind of an interesting stat. I don't know if you know this. You probably don't since you're not a Niner fan, and I'm sure other teams don't like to hype this up. But the Niners, uh, we played uh, 16 teams that played the next – no, 15 teams that played the next week this season, and those teams' record was 0-15 next week. Oh, yeah, I did so hear about that. Not one team that we played won the next week. The Chiefs didn't lose because they didn't play. Uh, they had their bye. And the Cards didn't lose because it was week 18. Uh, there was no game the next week. But they did fire Cliff Kingsbury the next week. So I'd count that as a kind of loss. <laughs> Although I think Cards fans count that as a win. I think they're excited that we yeah, to make that say. happen. They're kind of thanking us for that, I think. Yeah. But uh, anyway, interesting stuff. Um, good chat about here, Candice. Um, we've got um, – we talked. we talked about – Bosa, right? Or did we talk about Bosa? Not really. As far as uh, you know, he had he had one sack in the. Um, come on, let me get this going here. That's He's got eighteen it. on the eighteen on the year. 
18 and a half. Yeah, he had 17 and a half going into the game. He needed <clears throat> two to tie Alden Smith's Niner single season record of 19.5. And there's a lot of talk of whether he would do that against the Cards or not. And I said I didn't think he would because I thought the game would go differently than it did. I thought that we would go up big early and then they would close the gap some late as we brought in uh, scrubs, I call them second and third string players. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's kind of mean. There's no such thing as scrubs. And I thought they're all really talented, but you know, that's what I call them. Um, oh, yeah. okay. And, and um, instead, you know, they scored first. The game was close for a while. We, we, we scored right after it was 7 6, and then I think we punted four times in a row after that. And so it stayed close for a long time. Um, Bosa played more than we thought. He did uh, get a sack and he hit a hold, which is incredible because we never get holding calls for Bosa. Um, and so, uh, but nonetheless, didn't, didn't break the record. But I do think he is deserving of the Defensive Player of the Year award. And I'd be curious to get an outsider's thought on that. Wait, who, who even is his competition this year? Micah Parsons. Uh, maybe, maybe. Um, who's the edge of Hassan Reddick from the uh, Eagles is close in sacks. I think he has 17 or 16 and a half. Um, so he's in the same conversation for sacks. But for me, it's like Bosa's number one player on the number one D. He has the most sacks. He has by far the most pressures. And if you look at it even deeper, you go one level deeper on like how many snaps they played. Like Bosa has way less snaps than anybody else because we rotate him in and out. And also because our defense is so good, there just aren't as many snaps for our defense. Lots of other defenses are on the field much longer uh, than ours. Um, <clears throat> so. Yeah, I would say my logic would, would be, yes, the, I'd agree with the number one defense and just that I, I think there's been times I, – I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Michael Parsons, but there's been times where their pass rushes kind of disappeared all out in games, even against weaker opponents. And so um, not that that's a direct reflection upon him, but I would just say that Bosa has been more consistent overall. And so I would give the nod to him just because, you know, better defense, more consistent. And I didn't know about the, the less snaps, but uh, that – pretty much was still the case in my opinion yeah you would think so uh i mean my only thing like you know if when the only like silver lining i would see to it is that we might you know not have to pay him quite as much without that award but other than that i'd be pretty darn heartbroken because i think he really deserves it yeah, um, I agree. It'll, it'll be interesting to see uh hopefully like politics doesn't come into it because i know that a lot of people are averse to his political views especially here in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. But uh, I try not to mix politics and sports. Uh, yeah. So um, hopefully that doesn't rear its ugly head here. Um, talking about the playoffs, you know, or, you know, the NFC, the Cowboys, the Eagles, um, who do you see as, you know, the top teams? Like, let's say you guys beat us uh, and move on. Who would you be most worried about facing next or down the road in the NFC? Probably Eagles. It's, it's you guys and the Eagles, I think. Yeah. There, there really aren't any other uh, – I I just can't take the Cowboys seriously. Sorry. Call me what – it is what it is. I just don't yeah. take the Cowboys seriously, especially come playoff time. Wouldn't be surprised if they got knocked out in the first round. But um, I don't even miss the game. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm actually a game and a half, too, because he missed, he missed uh, half of the uh, – uh, half of the uh, – Panthers game when he injured his groin and then a, the full game against the Falcons he was out as well. That's a that's another interesting point to that. Yeah. Like if he had tied or beaten Alden Smith's record, it would have been 16 games just like Alden Smith was, so no need for an asterisk on that record either. But alas, one game off. Yeah. Sorry, but you were talking. But yeah, no, so I, I'd say you guys are the top dogs. I, like I said, I don't take the Cowboys seriously. Um I'm excited for this matchup, though, because you guys, you know, are so great of a team. I think Pete's echoed similar sentiments. It's a good challenge for the team. Um, I'm excited to see, and I'm excited to see you guys because, while you know, Seahawks fan, you may want, why would you want to go up against one of the better teams? Well, one, you kind of want to see where your team falls. You honestly want to be able to evaluate, especially when you got such young players, such a young team. And Virgino, you know, he's got a contract on the line, so you don't have to predict how do you do in the playoffs you can see 
how he do against the playoffs and the against the best. And then, you know, because it's a familiar opponent, I can you can directly see if there were any areas people grew or you know players grew things they did better that they didn't do the first two times. And um, I'll tell you, as a Seahawks fan, I'm excited. I think Pete Carroll's going to throw everything in the kitchen sink at this one. I really do. Um, will that be enough? Who knows? It's a huge talent gap between these two rosters. But uh, I think these guys will be motivated. They'll be focused. And a big problem, in my opinion, of those past two games is just people being too conservative. I just got I me. Mean, so, there were a lot of opportunities where I think he could have just been more, you know, really try to take the game into his own hands and, and, you know, you know, go for that fourth down or, you know, make a different play. Don't, don't do a screen on third and 20, you know, stuff like that, that I just, you know, the soft calls that, that bother me, I expect to see that go away. And so if they really go forward with nothing else on the line, I mean, there's no, you're not saving it for anything else. I want to see how they match up in, in that regard. It's all good stuff. And yeah, I mean, that is just kind of Pete Carroll's MO. It was the thing that, you know, I guess Russ, you know, lamented was let Russ cook, right? Everybody wanted that all those years. And Pete's always, he's always, he wants to be close and just have it come down to the end and come up with some big special teams play to make the difference. Seems like a lot of the times, at least between the two. That's changed. Actually, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. What's funny is this team is a pass-first offense now. Isn't that hilarious? <laughs> that that they are, they're pass-first. Pete has been more aggressive, but it's against you guys. His most conservative games are against you guys, and I think it's just because he respects your pass rush so much, um, which I get. But, you know, he's been better. I mean, in that Rams game, he went forward on fourth down a couple times, Uh you know, in the, in the last game with everything, you know, they got to win that game. And so I'm just hoping they bring that mentality into this one because he tends to play a little a little timid against y'all this year. It's new. Maybe it's because he doesn't feel like he has the, the talent. I mean, he doesn't have talent yet. But um, I'm hoping that we see some of the other areas he's grown in. He's still terrible about using timeouts. That'll always drive us crazy. But in terms <laughs> of the play calling and a lot of the complaints that Russ had, I think we're learning that – they were best for him, right? Like it would Pete was that way because that was his best style of play, not because he felt like he just had to run the ball. Uh, there's been plenty of times where Gino threw it 40 times the way Russ would have wanted to. In fact, he just broke uh Russ's uh, single season uh pass yards completion percentage, he broke all his records this year. Amazing, Who knew? hilarious, amazing, no doubt about it. Very cool stuff. Well, Candace, um. And I'll say, I can't really say, you know, I hope you win, but I'll say uh, best of luck. I hope you see what you want to see out of your team. Uh, I hope that it's an exciting game for both of us. Right. Uh, hopefully no injuries. And um, and uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, may the best team win. And uh, I really appreciate you coming on today. It's been a pleasure as always. Uh, let me uh, fly your banner here again here, just so everybody knows where they can find you. Yeah. Um, and, and if there's anything you want to promote or, or coming up, uh, please let people know. And uh, otherwise, uh, it's been a pleasure. Three times now in one season, I'm feel really lucky to be uh, hogging you so much like this. But uh, you're, I just want you to know you're always welcome to come back. And um, and uh, it's, it's always a pleasure, always fun, and most importantly, always informative. So, yeah, that's the key. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it. it this has been great. Uh, hopefully, we can continue to do this. I, I enjoy, you know, hearing the other perspectives. And, like, I learned a lot too, just hearing some things from the 49ers perspective that I wouldn't have known. Um, appreciate everybody who participated in the chat. Uh, do like and subscribe. I want to, I'm going to be like them, like, subscribe this, uh, share it along. The only other thing we got is a podcast. Of course, we're going to, um, we're going to do a, you know, reaction, reaction episode for sure. Um, I'll probably post this as the preview. And then one thing that we recently installed is we do spaces. So 49ers fans are welcome. You want to come to spaces uh, after the game. We started to try to do those post game. So that'll be, um, I'll probably have to do it later on that night, but uh, same, same night of the game. uh, I'll, posted out i'll have information on my page so be sure to follow at ethos seahawks if you want to hop on and join whether it's to brag or whatever (laughs) however to go uh we'll hear it all are welcome
I hope it's to brag, but you know, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not as bullish as Vegas. They got a ten point spread on us. Yeah, so I've been saying. I've been saying more like I think you know twenty eight to twenty one or twenty eight. Yeah, twenty twenty one, twenty eight, twenty three. I'm thinking like five to seven points is more what I think is realistic. Just because you know, if Quandre Diggs holds reception, Dre doesn't get that fumble versus Homer. A little different game last time. Uh, you know, Pete is a great coach. Um, Brock's love Brock, but he's a rookie. Um, so, you know, I, I, it'll be interesting to see. It should be a really yeah, good game. It will be. I hope, I hope, I hope so. We're going to get, I don't know which Seahawks team we're going to get, but I'm excited to see which one shows up. Uh, the thing about this team is if they put both sides of the ball together, they can, they can compete. I think with anybody, um, they really are that good in terms of their ceiling. Um, they just got a lower floor. So we'll see. It'll be exciting nevertheless. Um, regardless, as a Seahawks fan, I'll be happy. So I'll probably be in a good mood in this space as regardless because we got to the playoffs. Um, but it'd be nice if we can uh, sneak one away from y'all. We'll see how it happens. Thank oh, you. no yeah. doubt. No, it'd be great for you guys. Um, I hope that doesn't happen. But, yeah, you guys are playing with, like, found money, if you will. It's just, like, kind of no pressure. If you lose, yeah. it's expected. If you win, it's freaking huge. So right. um, I, you know, I, I could see why you'd be really happy about that scenario. Whereas for me, it's like, well, we're supposed to win. So you feel good about it, but it's not like you can really go up that much. But if we lose, oh, man. And, right. You know, nullify that sweep, the first one since 2011. I will be apoplectic. I'll let you. I highly doubt I'll be coming off. <laughs> the only reason why I would is just because you were so good about coming on my show after you guys lost. I might have to just come and tip my hat and say congrats, Candace. Uh, uh, that would be the only thing that would get me on. <laughs> well, I appreciate it anyway. Uh, Ted, always gracious. It's always great. Um, thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. All right. Go. Cheers. Peace, everybody. Thanks, everybody, for coming. Please hit like and subscribe. And uh, and uh, have a great week, everybody. Go Niners. I can't say go Seahawks, go but Candace, there you go. Go, go Hawks. There you go. All right. Bye. Peace, everybody. Bye-bye.